Wednesday. Oh Lord, I feel a little tired. You're up all night. Well, not all night. We were handling election stuff uh, until we got kicked out of the studio because Harry was like, y'all not keeping me up here all night talking politics. <laughs> so you know what we do? Me, Michelle, and Efe, uh, me, Michelle, and Markeisha uh, holding court last night doing our thing, election night coverage. It was good too. We had a good time. Man, I tell you, the elections was crazy, crazy Eddie last night. High five to uh, all the folks who won in New Haven. Uh, Bridgeport still got some mess going on. But it looks like Ganem, I think Ganem is calling it a win. Uh, but, you know, those those absentee ballots. <laughs> So I don't know. I gotta I gotta go and see what the New Haven Independent got to say about this because I I I don't know. We left things last night. And and Christine Stewart, Connecticut news junkie, couldn't join us because you know she got babies at the house and uh and she was the parent on duty last night. So, you know, when you got when you got babies, you gotta put to bed. You can't come out and play. So she couldn't come out and play last night. So so we had a good time. We had we had a good conversation. We talked a lot about uh, you know, what it takes to get voters out, right? What is it gonna take? And we talked about the uh the charter question and, and it passed. And yeah, it's janky as all get up. So uh oh, thanks, Harry, for putting the uh the the Connecticut mirror uh uh link in the chat. I'm going to pull it up and see what's happening. Because, you know, I'm all about that life. I uh, see what they're talking about. Because uh, that was a rot. That was some old man. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. So, uh, Decola prevails as challengers split the alder vote. So, Morris Cole, Ward 18, uh, uh, wins 40% of the vote. Uh it's a lot of stuff going on. So let me see. Do I need to join? I don't want to join. So Bridgeport Mayor Ganim celebrates his general election victory. Bridgeport Mayor Joe Ganim squeaked out a narrow victory Tuesday night in a highly anticipated rematch against his top challenger, John Gomes. But, but the win could be uh, merely symbolic due to recent court order that tossed out the results of the city's earlier Democratic mayoral uh, mayoral primary. So Ganim, a Democrat, a Democrat who uh, returned to office in 2015 after serving a seven-year prison term. He did seven years. I didn't realize it was seven years. Woo uh, uh, on federal corruption charges, unofficially captured roughly 175 more votes than uh, Gomes, who worked in Ganim's administrator prior 
to mounting a primary challenge against the incumbent mayor this year. So, I, I, I mean, when do they stop saying he served seven years in prison? Do, do, does that always have to follow you? I mean, I, I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> like 2015, like how long, how long does that stand? How long? I'm just asking. Like every time he says his name, that's got to follow. I get it. Cause I, 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 I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You just want to remind people all the time, but damn, do you have to remind people all the time? So, you know, but that, but that's what I mean. See, this is, this is why, this is why I have this whole, this whole um, vibe about people who serve time, you know, you serve your time and, and it's done, but the press and people in the press, they they continually want you to pay for that and be reminded of that as if you could forget. As if somehow or other, if they don't say it, people will forget and think that you're what? Human? A person? Decent? I don't know. And this is, I'm not defending Ganem. That's not what I'm doing here. What I'm saying is, you know, uh, uh, every time somebody... And, and people have this argument about, well, he was a public official. He was a public official that committed a crime and served his time. So when does it end? Because the courts have said, you served your time. This is the end of this. You don't owe us jack. But yet the press continually, continuously says, oh, but au contraire, mon ami, we're going to remind you at every turn, I don't care what you do, arms to the poor. And by the way, did you know <laughs> he served seven years in prison on a federal corruption charge? <laughs> like, when does it end? Why can't it just be Joe Gannon, the Democratic mayor who, 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 whatever, you know? He ain't been to prison in a long time. He's been out of prison longer than he's been in prison. But yet, they don't let that go. Why don't they let that go? What is it about that that we feel compelled and entitled to just beat people over the head with the sentence when the courts have already said, this is the time you served, you served it, now keep it moving. But the press doesn't do that. So I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying. So anyway, uh, this is more continuation of a course of progress for the city of Bridgeport tonight. Vengeance and bullying loses to vision and progress, Canham said. So the one thing I want to make clear is that this is not over. It's not over, Gomes told his supporters Tuesday night. That's all I can say. So the slim margin of victory Tuesdays on Tuesday, in Tuesday's election may provide some confidence for Ganem and his supporters, but it, but it won't guarantee the mayor another term in office. So to keep his seat, Gannon still needs to win a new primary election, which was ordered after a stage judge, uh, a state judge sided with Gomes and agreed that the city's earlier Democratic primary on September 12th was marred by ballot fraud. You know, you saw these people stuffing, <laughs> stuffing, stuffing uh, 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 ballots you know, with bags of ballots or whatever. So Superior Court Judge William Clark, hey, Will Clark, uh, made that decision after five days of court hearings during which Gomes' attorneys presented city surveillance footage that featured Ganem supporters and members of Bridgeport Democratic Town Committee depositing stacks of absentee ballots into drop boxes ahead of the September primary. 
So two of the women apparently depicted in the footage, Wanda uh, Jeter uh, Pataki and uh, Anita Martinez, chose to assert their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination rather than testify in court. So, but in his but in his order, Clark ruled the videos were evidence of blatant ballot harvesting, which is illegal under Connecticut law. So the videos are are shocking to the court, and should be shocking to all of us, to all the parties, to all the parties. Clark wrote, and these statements, these 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 instances, these instances uh, do not appear to the court to be random. So as of Tuesday, the city had yet to decide whether it was appealing Clark's decision. Um, in his comments to his supporters at his victory party, Ganem called for Gomes to withdraw the lawsuit. Soup and Gomes and his crew have been have ha, have been beaten twice in sports terms. They are two-time losers. Ganem said, "Respect the vote. Withdraw these claims. They have now lost their legitimacy. Respect the voters of the city of Bridgeport, and let us get on to do the progress and the work that we were elected to go by every day." So it's unclear how the judge's decision played into the results of Tuesday's general election in Bridgeport. Uh, Gomes won the in-person vote again, but Ganna made up that distance once the absentee ballots were counted, just like the primary. I don't know what it is about uh, uh, Ganna in these, in these absentee ballots. Like, who is absent in Bridgeport? That's what I want to know. So um, Ganna won 1,166 absentee ballots absentee votes <laughs> what is that who the hell is not in Bridgeport voting what is that so easily surpassing the 429 absentee ballots cast for Gomes Gomes continued to allege improprieties in the absentee balloting process in Bridgeport despite the judge's decision earlier this month I urge the state of Connecticut I urge the governor I urge the secretary of state I urge our elected officials to come out more than ever and speak against the injustice the oppression that's uh, being imposed upon the people of Bridgeport he said we the people of Bridgeport continue to believe that we are being betrayed Gomes added because of his earlier victory in the primary, Gannon was on the general election ballot as a Democratic candidate, which is a significant advantage in a city like Bridgeport, where Democratic voters outnumber Republicans and unaffiliated voters. Uh, I think uh, Democrats uh, outnumber Republicans everywhere in Connecticut. I think. I could be wrong. <laughs> Gomes was listed on the ballot as an independent party candidate. Also on the ballot were Republican David Hertz and uh, Lamont Daniels, another Democrat, Democrat who gathered enough signatures to petition his way onto the ballot. Okay, come on, petition. Uh, so many of the people who cast absentee ballots in Tuesday's election in Bridgeport did so prior to the court overturning the, the results of the Democratic primary. So there were fewer absentee voters in the general election, however, uh, than there were in the uh, September 12th primary. So that's despite the fact that more than 2,700 Republican, independent, and unaffiliated voters had the right to cast a ballot this time around. So the atmosphere in Bridgeport was tense on Tuesday. Two candidates running for Bridgeport City Council were arresting at the polling place Tuesday afternoon. What the hell is going on? Arrested? You got arrested. I got to find out. So police were called to the scene of the John uh, F. Kennedy campus. That's funny. Uh, in Bridgeport for two separate incidents. Uh, the first resulted in uh, Samia Sullivan being charged with breach of peace. And roughly an hour later, second council candidate incumbent Maria uh, uh, Pereira was charged for allegedly assaulting a 70-year-old woman. 
Why? Why are you doing that? Who's doing that? That 70 year old put something on you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Gomes took the stage. Uh, Gomes took the stage at his election night party a little before 10 p.m. and announced that he was leading Ganem at the polls by more than 500 votes. But at the time, the Bridgeport Registrar of Voters was still working through the more than 1,800 absentee ballots that were cast in the election. Why does Bridgeport have so many absentee uh, ballots? Like, what is going on in Bridgeport that that they have so many absentee ballots? I I, I want to know that. Inquiring minds want to know. So that left the both campaign in familiar situation with Gomes uh, uh, leading on in-person votes and Ganem hoping to make up ground with absentee ballots. So we are victorious at the polls once again, Gomes said, noting that the absentee ballots were still outstanding. Uh, Ganem told his supporters it was going to be a, a close vote. You can only go by the pattern. So we won in certain areas and lost and lost in certain areas, Ganem said. Mail-in ballots are always unpredictable at best, right? So stay tuned. Uh, no, sir, they're not always unpredictable, but okay, here we go. Ganem said the uncertainty surrounding the election hindered voter turnout. So, so, so there was some impact by reporting saying that maybe this election didn't count, Ganem said. And we asked people to come out and vote, and many of them did. But frankly, there were a lot of people, I think, that stayed home. Uh, so Gomes uh, characterized his strength in the general elections as historic in Bridgeport. And he recognized uh, Wilfredo Martinez, the chairman of Bridgeport's Independent Party, who helped Gomes to secure a spot on a general election ballot. The Independent Party went against an established party that has had a grip in the city, uh, Gomes said. Uh, Gomes also recognized the lawsuit that he filed in the aftermath of the Democratic primary and the national attention that was placed on Bridgeport as a result of the alleged ballot harvesting. So the spotlight has been unfortunate, Gomes said, but we need to eradicate the uh, corruption. So Ganem arrived at his election party around 9.15 at City Councilwoman, uh, Council Chairwoman uh, uh, Addie Nivez was speaking at the a podium with Council Hopeful Anita Martinez nearby. And Ganem stopped to hug Martinez as he left the, the podium. So Martinez had simple words after hearing she had won a seat on the city council. I'm back. <laughs> Martinez, who lost, who, 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 who lost the council seat in 2019, was elected Tuesday despite the controversy swirling around her and the absentee ballot investigation. On Tuesday night, she wanted to talk about the victory, not the court case. I worked hard in my district to get people out to vote, Martinez said. And at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I need to do for the people in my district. Richport got some got some going on. I don't even know what to say. Well, you know, stay tuned. So uh uh we don't know who she was stuffing the ballot box for. She took the fifth. Okay, well, yeah, maybe she could have been stuffing them for stuffing them for Gomes. <laughs> I doubt that, but all right. Uh so so yeah. So the independent has the uh the mayoral election results. So I'm in Ward 20 because that's what I care about. Ward. I care about all the wards. You know, I love this city, uh, but I'm a I'm gonna pay attention to my to my ward. Uh, 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 well, I mean, when you know, Wendy, 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 Wendy got some write-ins. Uh, no, she didn't. She got she got some votes. Uh, ward two, Elker had. Uh, you know, he, he won by some hard, high numbers. <sighs> Let's see. Let me scroll up. 
So we had 300, 300 people vote for Ellica, 59 for Tom Goldberg, and four for Wendy Hamilton. All right. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Uh, my old ward, 28. Uh, 66 people voted for Tom Goldberg and 376 Justin Elliker and 12 voted for Wendy. Huh. And then there were six write-ins. I don't know what they wrote in. So, uh, so here we go. So I'm going to say this one last time. Well, not one last time, but... Um, about 10,000 people decided the, the election. And I, 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 I need people to understand that. That 10,000 people decided the election. 10,000, you know, or maybe 12,000 people. 12,000 people decided the election. A, a city that's un, just under 200,000 people. So just let that sink in. So 10,000, 10, 12,000 people decided this election last night. And uh, and I, I was at, uh, uh, Marquisha and I were downstairs at Dangle, the restaurant. And, uh, you know, uh, I try to support black businesses, but, you know, I, I'm never going there again because I, I don't like that brother's politics. And, and, you know, and people can say, well, you know, it's a bar, He's not a political guy, but I just feel like, you know, you know, he's he's talking about how he doesn't, uh, you know, he he vote, and it doesn't matter, and and I'm thinking to myself, I'm listening to this, and I said to him, I said, you know, ordinarily, I would get up and walk out of a place like this if I heard, you know, the owner talking this smack. I said, but you're a brother. I'm trying to, I'm gonna support your business, and you know, he had the worst bourbon ever. So I sat there and I, he made me a great salad though. I had a great salad. Um, but I, I just, I, I'm too old to listen to older, other older people talk stupid. I just, I don't have the patience for it. I don't have the, I don't have the energy for it. And, and, you know, and I look at these black folks who say stupid stuff like this with no regard to history and, and, and no regard to ancestors, no regard, you know, they just, they just feel convicted to stand in their own stupidity and ignorance as a pride of honor. And I, I, I just, I just, it's just unconscionable to me. And yeah, everybody has a right to their opinion and all this other kind of stuff. I just, I don't get it. 12,000 people decided last night who was going to be who in this city, who was going to run it. 12,000. Imagine if more people voted. This would have a different outcome. Not for this election, any election, any election. I just find that hard and unconscionable. So anyway, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a leave it alone. So there's all kinds of coverage up on the New Haven Independent if you if you care to uh, take a look see, and uh, you know, I mean the cove was hot. They had a lot going on. <laughs> you know there there was some there was some hot races going on. Listen, I you know, I I'm not gonna um, 
I'm not going to, uh, listen, I want people, I voted yes on the charter question. I know people feel some kind of way about that, but I voted yes for it. So, you know, okay. I want to see what they do. I want to see what they do. So, so yeah, so people like vote no. And I get why people say vote no. Uh, uh, but I think, you know, uh, uh, I mean, you could care about good governance and transparency and, and accountability. I mean, you, you can care about that. I mean, for me, I just think the alder should have four terms and the mayor should have four terms. I just, I mean, what? What's the problem? I mean, we don't have any, we don't have all the turnover already, you know? And I, I get why people feel some kind of way about that, but I just I, I just think, you know, to, to be a constant, uh, and, you know, here's the thing, everybody that popping off at the mouth about it, hey, people who are running for office, they're not the people running for office. I just feel like if, if you got, if you got some angst about it, run for office, put your hat in the ring, put your, put your name on the ballot, get on the ballot and run. That's, that's how you cure that. Because everybody wants somebody else to do what they are not willing to do. That's that's the thing, right? Everybody could pop off at the mouth, but ain't nobody suiting up to get in the arena because it's hard, right? And I get it. I, you know, you don't have to always run to 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 get things done. You need you whoever's running, you want them to be accountable. But we we don't have a plethora of people uh uh hot to get into these seats. We don't. We don't. We don't. I, I, I would, I would uh, ask to see how many vacancies we have on boards and commissions uh, out of city hall. You know that the mayor could appoint. How many people are clamoring to to be on the uh, uh, civilian review board? None. <laughs> how many people are clamoring to be on uh, on uh, the equal opportunity commission, the peace commission? All the commissions, all the things. Who is clamoring to be on these, to be in these seats? Nobody. But yet people pop off at the mouth, but they're not suiting up. You know. So I miss me with all that. I I I listen to people talk. And I was just like, yeah, but okay, if you feel that way, suit up. Okay. And if you don't want to suit up, go find a candidate to run and get behind them. Oh no, I want somebody else to do it. It's always somebody else. It's always we want somebody else, but ne but none of us. But we just want to sit in the armchair and and quarterback, <laughs> uh, not just on Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> I can talk it because I've been in the seat twice. I've served on on a bunch of commissions, a bunch, a bunch. Because I feel like that's my that's my duty as a citizen. I'm not I'm not better than people. I just want to shut up. I just want to shut up about whining about what is wrong and go and see how I can help make wrongs right. That's it. I don't got I don't have no no. Listen, let me tell you something. I serve on a lot of boards. I, let me tell you why. Because there needs to be some reasonable black people sitting at these tables. I think I'm reasonable and level headed. That's number one. Number two, uh, I care deeply about what happens in the city and I want some stake and some say. I want some say. Um, and so, uh, and it's personal. 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 So, anyway, 
let me let me let me jump into some thanks harry for putting the local politics in 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 play so uh christy blames disastrous run for republicans on trump i'm with you there chris christie i'm with you i'm with you as long as these fools keep tethering their boats <laughs> to trump they're gonna drown <laughs> as long as they keep and 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 that stuff is getting pretty old and tired and people starting and people are seeing it for what it is you know so uh, so, so for all the sound, this is CNN politics. For all the sound and fury around Tuesday's elections, there was one clear signal: abortion rights are politically popular, no matter where and when they are on the ballot. And that, no matter how you slice it, is good news for Democrats as the parties plot their strategies ahead of the 2024 election. Governor Glenn Youngkin, the Virginia Republican who believed he could crack one of the most intractable issues in American politics with the promise of reasonable, quote unquote, abortion restrictions. Go sit your ass down, Glenn Young, Youngin, Youngkin, or whatever it is, Youngkin. Go sit your ass down somewhere. The Virginia Republican who believed he could crack one of the most intractable issues in American politics with the promise of Oh, quote unquote reasonable abortion restrictions will not lead a GOP controlled legislature in the Commonwealth, which denied the party control of the state Senate and put a swift end to both his plan for a 15 week abortion ban and rumors he might pursue a 2024 presidential bid. Run if you want to, clown. Meanwhile, voters in Ohio, 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 O H I O. Ohio, you got to play some Ohio players. That's when you put in some Ohio players music, not whatever the hell they think they're going to play. Ohio. So voters, so meanwhile, voters in Ohio decisively said they wanted a, con a constitutionally protected right to abortion with the passage of a ballot measure. Only a few months after they rejected another measure that would have made it harder for them to shield abortion rights. And in Kentucky, the Democratic governor defeated his Republican challenger. Stomp, 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 stomp. A state attorney general with close ties to former President Donald Trump and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell after a campaign in which abortion became a flashpoint. Let me tell you something. All you white men out there whining about abortions, I, you know what you should do? Go and uh, lead some legislation on vasectomies. That might win you some votes. You know, start start, start hanging, hanging some shame and blame on men. Men have penises, which hold, which, you know, shoot sperm. I'm just saying. Like, that's where it begins, right? It starts there, right? Like, let's let's do that. So anyway, uh, retaining control of the Virginia State Senate completed a hat trick of invigorating results for Democrats who have endured a dispiriting week with multiple polls, including a new one from CNN that showed President Joe Biden could face an uphill fight against Trump in case in a case, in case of a 2020 rematch in 2024. So here are the key election night takeaways. A, a strong night for, for Democrats. Uh, you know, people be sleeping on Democrats. And these Republicans think because they talk the loudest and somehow or other that resonates. And they talk loud and stupid. You know, and loud and stupid don't get you to win. I mean, it got us to win in, in, in for, for Donald Trump. It got the win for Donald Trump because people were just, I don't know, asleep at the wheel and thought, oh, he sounds like one of us. Like he's a liar and a cheat and an asshole, but okay. So Tuesday night's election results probably won't change the equation for Biden in 2024, given Ohio's recent presidential elect electoral history. But 
How about Senator, Senator uh, Sherrod Brown? The Ohio Democrat faces a difficult re-election run next year, but outcomes from the Buckeye State may give him a boost. I, I think so. Already a proven political winner for Democrats, abortion rights further solidify their place as a driving force in next year's election when voters in Ohio, an increasingly conservative state that voted twice for Trump, passed a ballot measure on Tuesday enshrining them in the state constitution. There's like, yeah, yeah, we voted for Trump, but let me tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to uh, 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 handcuff a woman's right to choose. So red, blue, and purple states alike have greenlit similar proposals, solidifying a trend that defies partisan expectations and could have an outsized influence on next year's federal election. These white men hate women. And, and, and by women, I mean white women, because they don't give a damn about black women having abortions because it's not, they, they don't care about us. They, they don't care about black women. This abortion issue is not about black women. This abortion issue is about white women not kicking out babies. That's what this is. And white men don't like it because guess what's happening? In the next 50 years, it's the America's going to be African <laughs> and Latino. <laughs> I'm just saying. So in the end, Though Ohio Republicans might have gotten off easy, their referendum took place now and during an off year with no voting for statewide office of president. So other state Republican parties might not be so lucky. So in Arizona, activists are gathering signatures for a 2024 ballot initiative that will ask voters a similar question to Ohio's this year, a development that already has Republicans there fretting. Yeah, cry if you want to, pour me a beer. Tonight result tonight's results in Ohio should scare every Republican in the state where an abortion question is on the ballot in 2024. Y'all need to go yank them abortion mess off them ballots. But uh, you ain't here for me. Uh, let Ohio tell you. So Arizona Republican strategist Barrett Marson told CNN, abortion initiatives are both driving turnout among Democrats and forcing Republicans to talk about an issue of which they are on the wrong side of the electorate. Yes, they are. I want to see these white men stand up here and talk about abortion, abortion, abortion. Stand up here and talk about it. Talk about it and be credible. But but they can't. They can't. They can't. It just shows that they just hate white women. <laughs> and they want to they want to they want to they want to control the movements of white women they want to control the movement because they're not talking about black women because if, if, if abortion was just for black women nobody would open their damn mouths a handful of potential swing states including pennsylvania iowa florida and colorado could have abortion rights measures on their ballots alongside the presidential candidates next year do it if you want to fools Glenn Youngkin in Virginia hit a wall. The Youngkin 2024 bandwagon ran off the road on Tuesday when Virginia voters denied the governor and his party the legislative majorities they, they crave. Ha, 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 ha. That measure, that means no 15-week abortion ban, which Youngkin backed as a reasonable solution. How you know it's reasonable, Glenn Youngkin? You don't know a damn thing about abortion. Not a damn thing about women. Not a damn thing about how conception happens. <laughs> you sound like a fool. I'm sorry, like a white man. <laughs> so that means no 15-week abortion ban, which Youngkin backed as a reasonable solution in his telling, was going to douse the rage of Americans who disagreed with the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade last year. So it also, it also, it also likely puts to bed rumors that Youngkin, who 
always insisted he had no ambition to move north of Virginia, will attempt a late entry into the 2024 GOP presidential primary. Ha ha, go sit down. The logic there turned on the governor's ability to craft a coalition that included the far right, the center right, and the pure centrist swing voter. I can't do it. Or something akin to what won him the governor mansion in 2021. You might want to be thinking about your own reelection if you want to be state, remain governor. I, that's what I would be working on if I were you. <laughs> I would be trying to enter no presidential no presidential latecomer to the presidential party because you don't have a snowball's chance in hell. But with CNN projecting Virginia Democrats will retain control of the state Senate and flip the House of Delegates, Youngkin's power appears to have met its limit. Bye-bye. Democrat Andy uh, Bashir won re-election in Kentucky. But who lost? Okay. So Andy Bashir won a second term on Tuesday in a state that Trump carried by more than 25 points in 2020. Now the real fight begins. Endorsed by Trump, but often described as McConnell's protege, Daniel Cameron's defeat will stir a lot of finger pointing within the Republican Party. Former New Jersey uh, Governor Chris Christie was directing his his at the former president shortly after the polls closed, calling the result another loss for Trump. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So the losing will only end for Republicans if we rid ourselves of Donald Trump. But they're not going to do that because they think that's the, you know, that's their savior. So Christie tweeted in a preview of his message uh, to primary voters Wednesday night during the third GOP presidential debate. Trump, loser in 18, 20, 21, 22, and now 23. And Trump will likely take a different view of the matter. But the reality might be that neither high-ranking Republican Party leader had a direct effect on Kentucky, on the Kentucky electorate, which has routinely, routinely given Bashir high marks for his work and appears to have been uh, concerned about uh, Cameron's stance on abortion. So last year, Kentucky voters rejected a ballot measure that would have denied constitutional protections for uh, abortion. So during the campaign, Bashir hammered Cameron, the state attorney general, over his support for the strict law currently in place, which does not include exceptions for case of rape or incest. These nasty-ass Republicans are just trash. Democrats' big night despite Biden's weak polling. The president's party notched a series of high-stakes victories on Tuesday night with Democratic candidates and Democratic issues winning big-ticket votes. And still, it's a bummer of a week for uh, Biden, who found himself on the short end of multiple 2024 polls. Trump, Florida, Governor Rondas, Trump, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, all came in ahead, if narrowly, in hypothetical matchups against the president per CNN, per a new CNN poll of registered voters. Who cares? Who cares? We know polls is trash. So this picture is similarly, similarly grim in battleground state surveys conducted by uh, the New York Times and the Siena College uh, released over the weekend. But for one night, at least, the Biden campaign believed it had reason to crow. So after Bashir clinched Kentucky and Ohio enshrined abortion rights in his state constitution, Biden's campaign manager sent out a statement to reporters and an email to supporters touting the results. In hundreds of races across uh in hundreds of races since Donald Trump's conservative Supreme Court appointments overturned Roe v. Wade, we've seen Americans overwhelmingly side with President Biden and Democrats' vision for the country. Biden campaign manager uh, Julie Chavez Rodriguez wrote, after railing against the dangerous MAGA extremism and, uh, that has come to define today's Republican Party at every level. So direct votes on hot button issues rarely correlate with candidate performance. And even when those candidates are on the right side of public opinion. But 
Another round of elections with abortion rights winning across party lines is plainly good news for a president who, after these last few weeks, can use it. <laughs> History making wins in Rhode Island and Philadelphia. Ha 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 ha. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, government will look a little more like governed after Tuesday's night results are all in. To start, Democrat Gabe Amo is the projected winner of Rhode Island's special congressional election. He will be the first Black person to represent the state in Congress. Woohoo! As the first Black man to represent Rhode Island in Congress and a proven, dedicated leader, Gabe will be an important voice in the Democratic caucus and the House of Representatives. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee said in a statement, and in Philadelphia, former city councilor Sherelle Parker will become the first woman to lead the city of brotherly love. She'll be the city's fourth black mayor and the 100th in its long history. Wow. 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 Yes. Yep, 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 yep. Well, there we have it. So, who says politics isn't and isn't exciting in off years? <laughs> who said that? It's very exciting. Very, 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 very. Oh yes, Yusuf Salam, uh, the one of the exonerated five, uh, uh, won his seat in New York. I saw that early this morning, Harry. I was I was uh. Uh, check it. It was all over. Exonerated Central Park Five member wins New York City Council seat. Youssef Salam. Uh, victory comes two decades after DNA used to overturn mistaken conviction in 1989 rape case. See that now that's a good use of history uh, attributed to somebody. Not like oh they went to prison and you know uh, this this that's that's a good that's a good headline right there. Youssef Salam's victory comes two decades after DNA used to overturn mistaken conviction in 1989 rape case. I wouldn't even say mistaken. I would just say wrongful, but all right. So, and I like that we are using the exonerated Central Park Five. Exonerated, you know. And, oh, I'm sorry. Donald Trump took out four-page ads in the New York Times and, and all the papers to call for their uh, uh, execution. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> and people voted for that clown. I would have, who, you, just on the strength of that, I wouldn't have voted for him. The hatred that he has for Black people is so obvious and sickening. But, you know, people voted for him. So there you go. And some Black people voted for him, too. So there's that part. So uh, so this for Salam, a Democrat, will represent a central Harlem district on the city council, having run unopposed for the seat in one of many local elections playing out across New York State on Tuesday. He won his primary election in a landslide. The victory comes more than two decades after DNA evidence was used to overturn the convictions of Salam and four other Black and Latino men in the 1989 rape and beating of a white jogger in Central Park. Salam was in prison for almost seven years. Like these kids went to jail for some mess they didn't do. So for me, this means that we can really become our ancestors' wildest dreams, Salam said in an interview before the election. So elsewhere in New York City, voters were deciding whether to reelect the Queens District Attorney and cast ballots in other city council races and the council, which uh, passes legislation and has some oversight powers over city agencies, has long been dominated by Democrats and the party is certain to retain 
firm control after the election. Because Democrats know how to get stuff done. Republicans just whine. <laughs> These Republicans are they're just, just a bunch of whatever, you know. So uh, get into it. Get into it. Uh, there's about 18 comments up on uh, the New Haven Independent Elliker Charger changes sale to victory. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to get into the conversation, go over there, jump in, get yourself a pseudonym <laughs> and go talk some ish, <laughs> you know, go, go get into it, see what's happening. So that's the politics around the country and in your neighborhood. I mean, it's pretty good. Uh, so I'm, yeah, people are like, oh, these are, these are boring, boring, boring. It's not boring. It's exciting. But I'm still stuck on 12,000 12, people decided who, who was going to be mayor in this town. Um, and I, 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 can't, I cannot lose sight of that. I, I just won't lose sight of it. I can't. I won't. So, and, and, and we shouldn't. And I think, I think that's the biggest, I think that's a more telling story. I think whoever runs for mayor again, I, I need them to sort of say that. I need them to say, listen, you know, we are letting 12,000 people decide who runs this city. When we have uh, less than 200, we have 180 some odd thousand people in the city. And 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 we have however many registered people register to vote on all, from all walks, Republicans, Democrats, independents alike. So why are we allowing just 10,000 people to decide to the trajectory of the city? Why? Why, why, why? Riddle me this, Robert. Robin as in Batman and Robin not like not like you know state rep Robin Porter <laughs> or my sister Robin <laughs> or my landlord Robin my sorority sister Robin no no I'm not talking about them I'm saying riddle me this Robin you know from the Batman uh, comics <laughs> oh I play Joker <laughs> I'm not the joker. I played one on the radio. So, you know, uh, I need I need the next I need the next challenger to be come out strong uh and 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 say, stand out there and say, listen, listen, a city this size should not allow 12,000 people, just to just solely allow 12,000 people to 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 uh uh decide how this city moves into the future. That we need everybody to 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 cast a vote a vote uh, on how we move forward. We need we need everyone who who is registered to vote. And if you're not registered to vote, get registered to vote. And then I need you, you registered voters, to bring your friends and neighbors and who are and who who are also registered voters to come and have real real hand in how we move this city. And if you think I'm your person, then cast your vote for me. And together we can move this city into the future. That's what I need a candidate to do. I need a candidate that will do that. You know, I need that. Cast your ballot if you think that I am the person that can run this city with your support and your guidance and your grace and your prayers. Vote for me. I need a candidate that will do that and say, listen, we cannot just solely have just 12,000 people decide the fate of this city, that I need everybody who can, who are registered to vote, get registered to vote, have been registered to vote, and don't feel uh, inspired to vote. I need you to come out and say, yes, I matter. My vote matters. This city matters to me. And because this city matters to me, I'm casting my vote for you. That's, I need that. 
Somebody, rise up. <laughs> Play. I need some Wakanda music, Harry. <laughs> I'll find me a candidate. Damn it, I'm going to look high and low. I don't have time. I don't have time to look for a candidate. There got to be some out there. We got to find some. We got to shake the trees. Go in the by highways and byways and look for a candidate. We have to treat the candidate like the prince is looking for Cinderella in the glass slipper. <laughs> So we've done everything else. Why not try the glass slipper? Let's get a glass slipper and see who can fit it. <laughs> I need that. 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 God knows. <sighs> we need a we need we need we need we need something else. You know. I'm just saying. So let's let's just let's just uh I need that. I I need a mayor who who will go and sit in and pitch a tent with the homeless people in these camps and say, you know what? I am your mayor too. I want that. I need a mayor who would have, instead of sending people to bulldoze the, the, the campsite to go and pitch a tent and say, you know what? I'm your mayor and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you are housed hook or by crook. I'm I'm here for you too. And and maybe some of y'all didn't vote for me or maybe some of y'all didn't go to the polls. And maybe but it doesn't matter if you voted for me or not. I'm here and I am your mayor. That's what I that's what I want to hear. I needed to see that in a mayor, right? I'm pitching my tent with you because I believe in the possibilities of you being housed and I'm going to use every power that I have at my disposal to make sure that you are housed because I am the mayor, not just of the house, not just of people living in these expensive ass apartments, not just people who, who, who live in my neighborhood. I am the mayor of the people of this campsite too. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you are housed. I need that kind of mayor. Not all. Oh, Let's go bulldoze their camp and all their belongings. What the hell is that? You know what else I need? I need a mayor who said, you know what, Rosette Street, this might not be what we want to do, but it's here. And we're going to figure out how we can work together. Because if this is a solution that's viable, then I'm going to put all kinds of support behind it. And I'm not going to make you tear down this, these structures. What I'm going to do is send people to ensure that it is safe. And, and no, we don't want everybody doing this, but maybe we need to have a larger conversation in communities about these small, these tiny house concepts and where else we could put them that might make sense so that we can get people from under bridges and out of doorways and off streets. I need a mayor who is willing to do that, not, not empower their team to send mail to people saying, oh, tear that ish down. I need a mayor with real leadership. I need a mayor who said, I'm going to go to Rosette Street to see for myself what is happening and talk to these people. Talk to these people and the people that support them. Okay, all right, these structures are here. We're not going to tear them down because you got people living in them. It's only six of them. What can we do? How can we do this? And if it means that we have to talk to, to the zoning people, then that's the conversation that we have. Because here's the thing. We can do anything. We could do anything. We could do anything. Because you cannot tell me that that to tear those down and have people living under the bridges and in and 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 in parks and on benches is, is a better deal than having some safe, clean housing structures where these people and 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 the and the and these people are are so proud. 
and and grateful to have a roof over their heads. And and some of these folks work like they work. We we got to be better. We got to be better. We we need we need real leadership, man. We need we need a a a a, a mayor that can not only just help but heal. We got a mayor now that's petty as hell. Petty. Petty, petty, petty. And this is the thing. And this is the thing that kills me. And this is why I walk in truth. I walk in truth. I walk in truth. I don't lie to people. I don't do any of that mess. Now, I was a liar and I wasn't always walking in truth, but it's, now I walk in truth. And I've been walking in truth since for, for many, many years now. Everybody in town talks about this mayor and how petty he is and how much of an asshole he is. <laughs> everybody, everybody says it. And what do they do? They suck it up and still deal with him. He's petty. And they allow for this pettiness. They don't call this pettiness out. Nobody calls it out. He just walks around petty, privileged, and just, you know, mean-spirited. And they're just like, okay, well, that's just the mayor. <laughs> and people say, I've been in places, and, you know, I'm in a lot of spaces. And people was like, you know what, he's petty. Oh, he's such an asshole. Oh, he's a, and these are people that are around him. <laughs> ah, and I, I'm not going to out them. I'm not going to say, you know, so-and-so said this because I don't play them kind of games. I'm just telling you, I hear over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And everybody's talked about, like everybody's talked about, like who cares? Everybody's talked about. I'm talked about, you're talked about, we're all talked about in our circles, in our respective circles circles people say all kinds of things whether it's true or not whether it's true whether it's rooted in fact or not you can't you can't really control a lot of that people say whatever because you know people could be just mad at you or you know uh you, you they could feel slighted and they could say all kinds of stuff so i don't i don't i don't put too much stock in people saying you know he's petty but he is petty because i've seen it <laughs> let me tell you when i seen it when we had the when we had the uh the mayor de debate at the Schubert, and he 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 walks off the stage and doesn't come and speak to 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 uh to to me or norma or um tom breen but everyone else came over um tom goldenberg came over and uh and wendy came over uh and they you know thank you for a good debate and thank you for your time and you know that kind of stuff not this man. You know what he does? He gets up, walks out. You know, I see him in the, I see him in the, uh, in the, in the foyer, in the Schubert foyer. And I go up to him. I say, hey, this is a good, good, decent debate. And he's like, oh, thank you for your questions. Okay. And I, I purposely did that because I just wanted to see, you know, what the vibe was going to be like. <laughs> I just wanted to see what the vibe was going to be like. You know, it's not personal. I I don't dislike him because I personally know him. I don't personally know him. We don't we don't we don't kick it. I don't drink beers with him. I'm not, and I'm not to say that I wouldn't. I that's that's not the point that I'm making. So that's not the point. So I'm just saying. I I I just I just want so much more for this city. You know, I just want so much more for this city. You know, I I need. I need, you know, it's not enough to lead because we, this city is full of leaders. It's not enough to just lead. There, there, there's, there's, we, we, this city is chock full of folks who could run anything at any time. We got people in this city who could run the whole world. I mean, Harry Jones could run the whole world for God's sake. You know what I mean? What, what I need is, I need, uh, 
uh, leadership, and maybe because I come through a CLP, you know, and and that has something to do with how, how I choose to 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 think about leadership. But uh, we we need we need uh, compassion and caring. We need someone, you know. It, you can't just be hard ass and hard as nails. You yes, you need that. You need that. But you also need a, a a heart of compassion and 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 an eye for kindness and and uh and 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 an ability to uh, put yourself in situations um and how and think about that. We I need someone who understands a contemplative and discerning uh habit, right? To to be contemplative about things. To, to be discerning about things, um, to 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 believe in the magic and goodwill of people, you know, and believe that they themselves are magic, uh, uh, and that and that anything is possible if we put our mind to it. So anyway, I just I just feel like I just feel like we we can have those things in a leader. We certainly can have those things in a leader, you know. Uh, we can, and and we just have to, we just have to ask and and look and put people forth that 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 has that for us. I, you know, right now we have leaders who who want to talk tough and be mean spirited and heavy handed, and and the people are starting to understand that that's not what they want. So, anyway, I'm gonna take a break, but I'm I'm coming back at uh, 10.15 with Michael Fidel, who runs the Adrift Project. Now, if you don't know what the Adrift Project is, it's artists on a boat. <laughs> so come come back and hear about this. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because I need to know about this. No, I'm not trying to be on the art boat. Nope, that's not my thing. But there might be some people who might be interested in it. And, and it's docked here in New Haven. So uh, come back. I'll be back at 10.15. <laughs> hey, Quinette Nickerson. Nice to hear from you. <laughs> and thank you. Oh, Ohio.
Brown's Girls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.
Come on to the mothership.
Welcome back to the second hour of Love, Babs, Love, Talk on Babs, Rolls, Ivy. I'm delighted this morning. I'm talking to Michael Fidel from Adrift Project, who I just recently learned about because he was at the Arts Awards uh, uh, Saturday night working with uh, Rev Kev uh, doing the uh, the uh, the uh, live streaming uh, of the event for us uh, at the award at the at Lyman. So, hey, Michael, how are you? Good morning. Unmute yourself. <laughs> Out there on the boat. See now, I I, I feel very cold because I know how cold it is outside. And I know I, you look so warm. I'm freezing over here. I, <laughs> I feel bad now. I was like, I thought he was gonna be inside, but all right. How you doing? I could be. I'm good. Uh, we're we're just enjoying a little bit of time at the fuel dock, doing some provisioning and stuff. All right, so so tell me the story about this Adrift project. I had never heard of this. I and and everybody that I spoke to and who knew that this, you were coming on today was excited because they didn't hear about it either. And they were like, "What artists on a boat? What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's something I've been dreaming up for over a decade now. I've wanted to be on a boat. I'm a sculptor. <laughs> I you know all the different things happening these days it's the idea of transience is very attractive so like i can move and whatever um and it's it's like a a passion that's finally come to fruition in the form of this nonprofit artist residency that and that i can exchange ideas with other artists and stuff and have fun and and be on a boat and you know, <laughs> so are you from day. are you from Connecticut? Are you from New Haven? Like are you are you here docked or or does this boat go all over the world? So we're here docked right now. I'm um I I'm half Lebanese and half American. So I I guess I was mostly raised in South Carolina. And then I lived in Tucson, Arizona for a while, for like eight years. And then I came out here, been here for like four years, and then got this boat. And everything's been kind of fun since then. But <laughs> so, so you're a working artist. You're working. This is what you do. Well, I was before the pandemic. And okay. then everything, I haven't made a piece of art since then. But, and 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 why are are you are you gonna use this opportunity to be on the boat to create art and then invite other people? Like, how does this work? Exactly. So, like, I I just want to share this experience with other people. I love teaching. I taught in Arizona for like eight years. Um, I love teaching. I love making art. I love working with artists and other people. And so it all just kind of fell into this one project, and it all of a sudden happened one day when this guy was like, sure, I'll buy you the boat. Like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, did you, did you, did you love boats always? Like, how did you come to, um, to want to have a boat? I, that's a good question. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, so 
I mean, I could get deep a little bit, but like the, the idea of being transient and still having a home is, uh, is something I've always wanted. Like being Lebanese, I'm part of the diaspora over there. Like I, I was born there and then, you know, it was a culture and a land I never really knew. So being on this boat is kind of like me wanting a home that I never really had because mm. I've lived in so many different places. But and, yeah. and so, so tell me about the Adrift project. So, so uh, have you, have you already started having artists on the boat or, or you're getting ready to start to have artists on the boat? We've had artist friends on the boat, but our first residence coming on the 10th on Friday. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ariana, a painter from uh, Milwaukee. Really? Yeah. yeah. So she, it... she's, she's from Baltimore. So she's going to go down with us to Baltimore. Okay. So so do you sail the boat to Baltimore to pick her up? Like, how does this? <laughs> oh, she's going to meet us here. And then we'll we'll motor down there. And then how long will you be in Baltimore? Um, I don't know. It depends on the weather. <laughs> Everything, <laughs> life depends on the weather in this project, really. We just over plan the time and then we end up where we end up, depending on all that. So who helps you, Michael? Is it just you manning this boat or do you do you have a crew or are there other people? Hi. Okay. All right. So well, I feel better knowing that you're with somebody. I feel like your mother, right? I'm like, okay, are you by yourself? Like, what is happening? Like, how does this how does this work? Yeah. Your mother feels the same way. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so so you you create the Adrift project, and then what? You put a call out to artists around the world, around the United States. How do people find you? Like, what's the what's the call out? Right, it's it's been kind of subtle so far. Um, I was going to do an Instagram thing to friends. Uh, some friends are going to come. I put a call out on Facebook, and you know, but nothing major yet. Like, I want to start the full swing of the residency next spring. And then, so for now, it's kind of a soft opening. Okay. And then so people are just kind of coming and going as they will at this point. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, so 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 how do you vet artists michael like like i'm sure you you've got a couple of hits right like folks saying yeah i think this is a cool idea i'd like to try it. how do you vet them do you vet them i'm I sounding like your mother because i'm like i'm worried about your safety so how do you how do you <laughs> well the biggest thing is uh you know if they have a website and they have like a portfolio okay um, like the artist that's coming soon, she submitted a, a letter of intent and everything, which is great because like we want you to come on board and make your own work. You know, you're also crew, but I want you to come on board and have a good time and make your do your practice, expand your work in this really unique scenario. That's like one of and the and, and how long is the residency for? They're going to be one month blocks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So people could stay for a little longer if they wanted to, but um, at, 
it all depends. You know, once this thing gets into full swing, it's going to be like one month, two artists, and then we'll exchange depending on where we are, pick up two new artists. And... Oh, so you have room for two artists. Mm -hmm. This Is this a big boat? Because, you know, I'm I'm sensitive about my space, so I don't know about y'all, but... <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 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 56 feet, but, um, you know, it's... I was just building out the guest cabins. You want to do the... Hold on one sec. I don't know how to do this. It looks, I feel... I feel oh, you, you make you make me think of Noah. Like I'm feeling very uh biblical here. Like you got this oh. art kind of vibe. So up here is the two guest cabins. But there's gonna be doors and a wall and like a desk and everything. Wow. Right now we're still like trying to make construction. That's why it's a soft opening. But um we'll take we could sleep people in the salon as well. Wow. It's pretty. Like, it's cozy. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely. That's what we're going things. for. Well, I can tell when you have women in the mix, things get, <laughs> things get nicer and prettier, right? Because. <laughs> Indeed. So, all right. Um. So what do people get with the residency? Do they have to pay? Do you pay them? Is there a stipend? Do they have to rent the space? Like what, how does this work? So at this point, uh, for the soft opening, it's just get here and come and uh, help us build a little bit and help like uh, be a part of the project. Uh, but ultimately we want sponsors and we want uh donors and stuff so that artists can come freely they get a stipend to work aboard um and you know obviously running a boat takes a bit of money and i would think so <laughs> <laughs> so like i'm but i'm doing everything i can to make it free for the artists really I, yeah which is tough so i have the nonprofit status and all that but um and I had a couple donors so far chip in some some good money to get this get us going. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I'm looking into like galleries and museums and stuff sponsoring their artists that they have and other institutions. Yeah. Now, do artists work... have to uh, have to have some sailing experience, Michael? Like, do they do they need to have some sailing experience, some hammer experience? Like, what 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 do you need? Can can you just be like, I don't know anything about a damn boat, person? Can you be one of those? <laughs> you very well could. You very well could. And like, that's part of the that's part of the mission too. It's like I want to share this idea with people. Like we don't all have to have a brick and mortar house. There's other options out there. It, this is a solar powered boat minus wow. the diesel. But uh, like all the tools and everything run off of solar power. So it gets you thinking about like how to live with this new age, you know, coming in with potentially limited resources and whatnot. But, uh, but like to get on board, Really, all you gotta have is a an idea, like a, a dream or something, and and yeah, the will to do it. Yeah, and the will to do it. I mean, worst case scenario, you're gonna get seasick. 
But <laughs> we're going to teach you a lot of stuff. You're going to learn how to run a boat. And um, you know, you're going to have plenty of time to make your own work and focus on what you want to focus on. I had no experience on boats like this. And yeah. I, I signed up. And nine days after meeting him, I quit my job, sold my car, and got on board. <laughs> oh, now I got to be your mother. What, girl? What? <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but I had my own reasons. But, and no, it was just a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that came up, and I absolutely jumped for it. I wasn't fulfilled with what I was doing in my life, and so I, I got on board. And a year later now, I'm I'm still finding fulfillment. I'm still happy I did it. I don't regret it at all. So Oh, I love that's a good story. I think there's a movie or a book in this whole story here. Like so so Michael, what what kind of what kind of artist do you hope that will come on this boat? I mean, I mean, you're a sculptor. Are you sculpting on the boat? Like, like can people paint? I mean, how are you gonna paint on the boat or like what? What kind of artist do you want? Do you, writers maybe, or like what? Who? Who? Yeah, I. I mean, basically, I built the boat so that I can make my art, of course. Okay. And then, and, uh, so, but that means we can host artists of all kinds of media, like oh, okay. from writers, musicians to like, we can cater residencies based on, like, if a couple musicians want to come on board, we could set up the shop down below to be a sound studio. And wow, yeah, like we can do all kinds of things here. We can, you know, painters can set up uh, outside on deck if they want to and do all kinds of stuff. Writers, even like I would love it for it's it's just a platform for people to come and experience this kind of lifestyle and make work based on that. So, or not based on it, but inspired by it, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the sea or the experience. It's just a place where artists are encountered with a different kind of existence mm. and that theoretically should, you know, impact. right, impact how they think about things. And and even it, it could even just be like an escape and a, an experience that they want to do and they can focus on their work for a month. Okay. And um, so do you plan on sailing to different places on the regular or do you get some place and say, we're going to be here for a month? Yeah, uh, no. So I guess the the plan is essentially a, each month is from city to city. Oh, so. But like from here to New York City would take us two days. But we're going to take like two weeks. So a lot of time on anchor. This is the inside of the shop here. Wow, this is it's, like an art. This thing is huge. <laughs> it's in a wreck right now because we're provisioning to go south. Everything needs to be packed up and whatnot. But uh, we're just loading the boat. You want to... Wow, <laughs> it's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Like it's, it's, this is a lot of boat. <laughs> it's a lot of boat. It is a, a lot, lot of boat. boat. 
So, yeah, I mean, the like most days we'll just be at Anchor making work. We'll be going from city to city, meeting with artists and galleries and whatnot, doing exhibitions. And, but like we'll be working here. This will be a full work table and like uh, all these tools will be displayed across the side so that I can make my work and you know, other sculptors can come aboard. Wow, this is so fascinating. I mean, so how did you land in Connecticut? Like, what what is the allure of New Haven? Well, uh, I mean, to be honest, my ex got into Yale, but um, that was a, you know, it was a good thing because then I started working at Yale as a sculpture shop tech. And that was like a awesome platform to meet all kinds of artists. And I started moving on to onto a boat at some point and then it just all kind of fell into place after COVID happened and all like I had a couple shows lined up and everything got pulled so I was like let's do something creative do something different <laughs> so do you feel like um you're coming from underneath the COVID because every every I mean everybody everybody just COVID just just uh just rocked everybody's lives right like all kinds of stuff just came to a screeching halt do you feel like you are um starting to get your your sea legs back so to speak <laughs> kind of i i mean it's it's been a rough process it was like this idea has been around for a decade in my brain but um covid kind of helped it happen in a weird way and you know, I found the right people at the right time and the right boat, and like everything could just kind of lined up. But at the same time, like I was a sculptor before this, and I haven't made any art since that. And like, <laughs> like I'm just so excited to start making artwork again. But uh, <laughs> it's gonna take a bit of time, you know. Just, I can't make artwork with all my tools on the table. <laughs> so 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 do you do you call any place home michael or or you're a rolling stone i mean so the boat's name is hawa which means literally in arabic it means wind mm -hmm. but uh in this context in my context there's a, a song by Fairuz, the lebanese singer and it's basically saying like oh wind bring me home so like, how uh, bring me home? So this is my home. Here. I I love it. So, uh, so so the name of the boat. You knew the name of the boat, or you discovered the name of the boat. Like, how did you name the boat? I knew the name. Um, the the boat's name was different prior, but I mm -hmm. did a proper ceremony to Poseidon and all the, you know, all that. To change your name to Hawa. Like you had Jason Momoa? Like, no. <laughs> I, he couldn't make it. He was, he was just next door. If only. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you, so you've got this, this very spiritual name for your boat and it feels right. Yeah, and it's it's topical also. It's like like um, my father. So I'm half Lebanese, and my mother's from West Virginia. Mm -hmm. So I 
tell people I'm half Arab, half redneck. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so American. <laughs> but uh, so like in Lebanon, Lebanon, I feel like is an identity that I missed. It was taken away from me so early because of war and all that displacement and everything so that was the fleeting nature of the name Hawa, which just kind of fits this boat that we just kind of move around go wherever we feel comfortable mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now now so so what does your family think of this this concept this idea are they are they with you are they nervous are they they are incredibly behind it i my father purchased the batteries for our solar bank. Like they're, they're into this idea that was like, at first it was, yeah, you're crazy. But then it's like, oh, you're doing something really cool and interesting and out of the box. And I'll, obviously, they like I'll get a professorship job at some point. But <laughs> <laughs> at least for a while, I'll try this out and see how it goes. <laughs> you know it's most of them are super excited about it i think all I, of them are. <laughs> okay all right so you so you're having this soft this soft opening as you said soft opening and uh and you're picking up this artist she's coming and she's going to be with you for a, a month a month yeah about that okay Goodbye. Yeah, she's gonna, so she's, like I said, she's from Baltimore, and uh, she wants to join us at least to there, but depending on the weather and how far south we can get, she might join us a little later. Okay, all right. Uh, and is this your first boat, Michael, or have you had boats before? I've had a few boats before. This is definitely my first big boat. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a 35-foot sailboat prior, but um, it's it acts like a small boat in some ways, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've had, I grew up sailing. I, I learned how to sail, like, when I was a little kid. My parents had some friends on Lake Lanier in Georgia. Mm -hmm. That's where I learned how to sail. Okay. Okay. So you have some experience. This is not a total, I have this dream and I'm just going to go and, you know, learn, right. learn as I go. <laughs> right. yeah. I went, in, I went into it with both eyes open for sure. And I knew what I was getting into. Okay. But so, just... so when you have a boat like this and, and you're going to run programs, what, um, I mean, you're going to run artist residency. What, what is the, the, the biggest hope about this? Like, what is the biggest dream? What, what what does your imagination say about how far you want to take this? Well, ultimately, I mean, it's it's kind of open ended. The idea of the residency that artists come on board and make work is the core concept. Surrounding that is like uh, alternative thinking. Like we should be in a place where. Uh, you know, a lot of problems are facing our society, so we need to start thinking outside of the box. And artists are going to have to do that as well. It's not mm. we're not going to be able to 
potentially rent studios or something like that. There's just got to be different ways for people to be creative. And like the, one of the big inspirations from this came from Bangladesh, actually, where they're experiencing like flooding all the time and the school mm. districts half of the year would be underwater. So one of the superintendents was like, let's just put all of the classrooms and the playgrounds and the libraries and all that stuff on boats. So now they just go around, pick up the kids offshore. They don't have to worry about the water levels. It's a, it's just a clean process. And I thought that was brilliant. And like here, you know, I mean, it's partially self-motivated. I don't like being cold. So like we can <laughs> we can go south and still make work. <laughs> and we'll just pick people up and you know, work with them along the way. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So so if somebody comes to you and says, you know what, I don't I don't really want to spend a month on the boat, but maybe, you know, a little week. I want a week and you know, maybe I want an Airbnb. And, like I don't I don't want to stay or maybe a weekend because you know I want the experience, yes. but I don't want long term. I mean, are you thinking about those kinds of options for people? Yeah, it's um it's kind of open at the moment. I mean, it's it's a project being designed as like as it okay. goes. So, you know, if for example we have a month with only one artist, you know, people can come and go or some. But I do want, like, in terms of the artists coming on board, as a as an artist and as a as an instructor, I feel like a month is a good amount of time for them to really get their teeth into this lifestyle and produce work out of that experience. So like, I want them to have more of a, like, you know, the goods, the bads, the uglies and <laughs> beautifuls and everything. So are you interested in teaching too? Like, will, will you, will you offer some, some, some classes on the boat like will you will you consider that too yeah so it's it's an everybody brings everything to the table you know whatever you got like bring it and we can exchange <laughs> ideas and lessons and uh, you know it, it's a uh, open yeah i enjoyed teaching a lot when i was in tucson but um it was it was more about the collaboration, not about the instruction. Mm -hmm. So I like that a lot. Okay. All right. So so I, if you're a teacher or professor at the collegiate level, that means you have some, your college trained yourself. Uh, is that correct? Yes. I have my master's from University of Arizona in Tucson. Okay. 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 All right. So, so that means you could just work anywhere, really. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i went to tucson because i i i wanted an exile from the sea to try and understand why i was so obsessed with it oh and and there's no water in arizona <laughs> it, it's a different type of sea it's a it's very it's interesting. A desert. <laughs> yeah. it's the desert. <laughs> well, i, I like her she provides comedic relief i love it <laughs> Known as the desert. Yeah. <laughs> the desert. 
But when you look over the water, the same thing. It's, uh, you know, everything okay. can hurt you. <laughs> You're far from human contact. <laughs> very similar. Okay. All right. And so, and so being in Tucson, it really solidified the fact that you really want to be on the sea. You really want to be on water. You really want it to be uh, self, more self-sufficient and, and creative in how you uh, move about the world and think about art. Right. It was, um, I mean, in, in a sense, kind of an incubator. I mean, it was like, I knew that I was obsessed with the sea for whatever reason. I always considered it some kind of uh, connection to the transience that I had from not really having a home and some kind of uh, geographical sense. But um, it was a beautiful place that I would go and engage with and understand. There's mm -hmm. a lot of things out there to understand and and even out here in the sea, like there's just so much knowledge, so much, um, so much information that you have to absorb in order to exist out here and also in the desert. Okay. So uh, when's the last time you've been uh, uh, back to West Asia? Like when's the last time you've been uh, or have you been Back to back, Lebanon. Back to Lebanon or, or in the area or, you know. Yeah, we just went there um, end of September, early October. We left like two days before the fighting broke out. Okay. Wow. Uh, that was intense. I was I was so happy. To, I hadn't been back since for like a decade almost. And uh, everything was great. Everything was beautiful. Like. Lebanon had recovered so well from all of its problems that it keeps having over and over and over. They keep getting beat up, beat down, and then they stand back up and figure it all out. And then all of a sudden this happened. Mm. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'm glad that you got to go back. I'm, I'm sorry that you're your your visit got cut short for war, but uh but okay, you... our ticket was two days prior. Yeah. We had just left. Literally <laughs> just came back and then all of a sudden all the fighting broke up. And my... and and did you feel that when you were there? Like was there any indication that something was about to jump off or or Not or just everybody was so happy. Everything no, everything was, was so, so funny. nice. I have my my little Lebanon tree from, from going. <laughs> my, wow. My theater tree. Yeah, I know. I went and got my little, you know, keepsake kind of thing. And then we got back and a couple days later in the news, all of a sudden, all this fighting broke out. It was like, what happened? We were just there. <laughs> so it was a little, little mind boggling. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm excited about this project, Michael. I want you to stay in touch, right? Because I, I really want to know how this goes because I'm intrigued. I can't say I want to get on the boat, but I but I know people who would really probably dig this a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
And, and I, I want to stay in touch. So stay in touch and keep me apprised of, of how you do it. For sure. Yeah, we'll be around. Gladly. We could, we'll, <laughs> we'll always have cell phone receptions. So. Yeah. <laughs> we, could do, we could do it I, from the middle nowhere I, I really know. i really want you to stay in touch because i really want to know how 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 y'all are doing and i want to i want to know how this takes off i really do and uh and uh and i and i kind of want to support it on some in some kind of way because i dig it i just like i like the whole concept of it and uh i don't think i've ever heard of anything quite like this so uh it's fascinating to me so so thank you thank you Bess. thanks right. you. so thanks. safe sales I don't know what's the what's the what's the word, what's the language that you use for sailors? Like, what do you do? You say safe passage. What do you say? It's fair winds and following seas. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that. I'll part. give you a little quick view of the boat. I don't think I showed you the whole thing, huh? Okay. We're on the dock say, right now. Wow, it's it's pretty. So we have. Uh, there's all the solar. But one of my buddies in Charleston put a mural on it. I love that's, but that makes it look so cool. Like you, right? I see it. This is a big boat, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big boat. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, I love the color. Yeah, it's a. I, I wanted a slightly different tint, but I couldn't get the custom color in time to put her in the water. Well, it looks it looks really good. Well, well, good luck, safe travels, fair winds. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and I definitely would like you to stay in touch. I want to know how y'all are doing. For sure, we'll do. All right. Thank you for your time, and thank you for showing me your boat. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having us. All nice right. to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, and thank you for doing the work for the uh, Arts Council Awards. I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, it looks yeah, really no good. That was a pleasure. That was fun. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It was it. fun, wasn't it? So, right? thank, thank you. So, all right. Y'all take good care. <laughs> you too. All right. Bye. <laughs> I love this. This is such a great idea. All right, Harry, I'm out. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with some some other guests. And uh, and they got y'all have a, a great day for sailing. It looks all clear. So uh, the Adrift Project. Let me give you the um, uh, Adrift Project.com. That's the uh, that is the uh, the website. Adrift Project.com. Adrift Project.com. So I'll be back tomorrow with uh, tomorrow's Thursday. So uh, I'm back with uh, uh, more artists. So I'm talking to uh, Elsie uh, Harrington, who's going to be the director uh, for Little Women over at Yale. So uh, she'll be on in the morning, 10.15. So I'll see y'all. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Paul. I'll see y'all later. <laughs>